authors of How to Be a Powerful Modern Day Missionary and Have Fun Doing It. Yeah. So tell me, you guys, what is your what is the premise of your book? What's it about? How did it come to be? Tell me everything. Yeah, so Matt and I, we served in the Singapore mission, uh, which includes Singapore and Malaysia. And we just saw each other and we're like, we're going to be best friends for life. (laughs) So uh, luckily, our mission president was kind enough to make us companions for five months. Um, We stayed together. We had an awesome mission experience. We loved it. We had a ton of fun, hence the subtitle, and have fun doing it. Loved every minute of it. Um, well, it wasn't all fun. That's we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, we had a ton of fun, and uh, we came back and we shared mission stories and went back and forth for you know a few years until finally we decided you know we should put all these stories and this advice into a book. We were just, we were sending out emails to kids on their mission like advice, and people were eating it up. And the email just kept getting longer and longer and longer and longer until finally we we're just like, all right, we better just put this in one big text format. Decided to write a short book. Yeah, yeah. So over, uh, it's been about two and a half years. Over the last two and a half years, we've kind of distilled what we thought were kind of the 10 most important ideas that missionaries could understand before going on their missions and apply on their missions um, that would help them be more successful. Essentially, what we believe uh, is that there were kind of nine or 10 principles that took us about a year to understand, uh, whether it's uh, socially or emotionally or mentally how to be a powerful modern-day missionary. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our goal with this book is to help people not have that first year of learning, um, but be able to learn it quickly because they already know what they need to do. Now they can just practice as soon as they get to the field, um, and that will make their mission uh, more enjoyable, uh, less painful, and more fun. So the idea is less trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. We we went through it for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've tried, I mean... Everything from talking to people, how to do it, how to plan well, and uh, we put all those principles in this book. And so, as missionaries do that, yeah, you'll you'll still get the MTC. You still need to pre- read preach my gospel, but um, essentially, we tried to make preach my gospel and the MTC and a whole mission experience uh, broken down into bite-sized pieces, so people could ingest it that have never that don't know anything about missionary work. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, where did you guys serve your mission again? Singapore, so Singapore. out in Asia, it's like yeah. the business Singapore hub and Malaysia. Of Asia. Okay, yeah. so yeah. you guys had to learn a language. Yeah. yeah, it was a very interesting mission, actually. Uh, so Malaysia, I don't know if you know much about it, but it's like a third world country, very low, very uh, like low so income, so, yeah. yeah, low society. Um, you know, we lived in the jungle basically for half our mission. Singapore, on the other hand, is like the richest place in Asia, and it is gorgeous. You can't like litter, you're fined, you can't bring drugs in the country, you get the death penalty. It's very strict. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very uh, polar opposite kind of missionary experience. So we feel like we can relate to a lot of different kinds of mission experiences. Because yeah. mm-hmm. we have, I mean, just any anyone that goes to a large city, New York and London, Europe, uh, the U.S., you know, we, we preached in English for, uh, I preached in English for eight months and, and understand that world where I also preached in anything that would be similar to the Philippines to South America um, where they have uh, you know more open ideas in a lot of people's minds Um, I spoke Malay and then Dakota spoke Mandarin Chinese so we actually spoke different languages Um, Singapore has four uh, main languages for its country Uh, they have Hindi or Tamil. So as companions, you both spoke, spoke a different, different language. languages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so when we How taught... that work? Well, we yeah. taught lessons in a, a multitude of languages. Yeah, like, we, I knew a little yeah. bit of Malay. He knew a little <clears throat> bit of Mandarin. We, 
we'd had a lot of broken English lessons. Yeah. Um, we were in singing, a Filipino ward, so we, we, we had to learn some Tagalog. Tagalog. Yeah. Wow. We, spoke, we did speak some Tamil at some points. Yeah. <laughs> it was all over the place. That's, um, I'm not saying we know everything no, about all of it. Like, what we had a lot of people contribute to this book and review it from, you know, Ameri- from people that served in America and other, other missions that might have other insights. And they have all attributed a lot of the principles to be exactly what they would have needed in their mission as well. Um, so. And while, while we were on our missions, actually, is when we really started to learn these things. And we used to send them to our friends serving all over the world. Yeah. And they would apply them, and it changed their missions. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many missionaries would email us and be like, yeah, this works. This is amazing. And so we came home, and Dakota's brother was preparing for a mission. So we actually took him on like a little MTC day and took him down to Salt Lake uh, City, the Temple Square, to talk with uh, people that knew nothing about the church and started applying some of these principles. And then we'd email him, and then... Uh, we felt like this was valuable enough that we should use two and a half years of our life to write it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can... Another mission of sorts. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. An example of that um, was praying with people. Um, that was something that we found super effective in Asia was just to walk down the street and say hi to someone, start a conversation and then say, hey, can we offer a prayer for you? And never originally, originally yeah. Matt and I just thought, oh, that's a good Asia technique. Yeah, yeah. But then we started sending it to people who served in America. And I had a buddy in New York who was serving, and he's like, he's emailing me back next week, and he's like, I just prayed with thirty people this week. It was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, whoa! So this stuff does it works out. everywhere. It works everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Universal principles. That was our uh-huh. goal, so that it's a timeless book. Uh, you know, we're not teaching things that in ten years. Uh, it's not going to apply anymore, but we're mm-hmm. we're focusing on principles that can be used in missionary work for hopefully the rest of forever. Interesting. I was going to ask you if you feel like missionary work nowadays is different oh, than it used to definitely. be. Definitely. Super different. Um, the modern day missionary is like definition of a modern day missionary has changed so much. We, we addressed it a little bit in the first chapter, but um, you may think about missionary work a hundred years ago, like people, you know, went out and then they would be in Europe and they'd send a letter back every six months to their family right. and never hear from them. Now today, like you have missionaries going back for coronavirus and all this stuff. Well, and, and like, now they can like and they Skype can Skype home almost and, every yeah, day. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I, and it's very, very much intertwined with the family. And I think that's kind of what modern day missionary work is about. It's about not just about like going out and preaching. It's about becoming a convert of yourself and then being that person in all circumstances, whether you're on a mission or at home or Skyping your family, or Skyping your friends, or whatever. And mm-hmm. we and we talk about that in the book, and that's kind of what, um, yeah, the modern-day missionary. I mean, it's always changing, but it's kind of heading yeah. that direction. I didn't, I've never thought about it that, that way, that it is kind of more about, like, um, being the same everywhere. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it, it is it's such a huge change going from, um, even just from my generation of missionaries, where the call home, twice a year was yeah. it christmas yep. and mother's uh-huh. day right that was it and yeah. then once a week you can even write an e- um, a letter not an email yeah. <laughs> yeah. right yeah it's changed and time. now my nephew like has facebook and he's actually like <laughs> responding to my facebook posts and stuff he's on his mission yeah, yeah. I'm like what is going on <laughs> yeah no it's I crazy messaged him, i was like what are you doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. no it's, I, it's we it's do what we do but yeah. it's it's it's, it's yeah, a even good thing since you guys yeah know. yeah so we we didn't have any of that uh we would email home every week and you could skype email back and forth you could skype skype twice a year Christmas um Day, Day. but uh you know even just 
even recent changes, you know, things will continue to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but but luckily, you know, these principles can be applied for people before their mission, exactly. on their mission, and after the mission. Everything that I feel like I've learned from these principles apply to missionary work and work and life in general. So it, right. it's kind of like a life book, but we focus on missionary work because so that's the center it's not about, like, the culture of right now, of what's happening right now. It's about... It's principles that principles can be applied. Yeah, last. like I, I, I use these principles in this book now as a return missionary, like how to plan well. I plan every day, you know, how to how to set, you know, critical goals and how to strive for those, how to have a good attitude. Like it's having a good attitude. We have a whole chapter on that. Like that doesn't change. Like mm-hmm. when you come home for your mission, you just still have to have a good attitude. <laughs> like it still changes. And like if you have a good attitude, you're going to be more successful. So all these principles, like I still apply today. So it's just as important for teenagers, missionaries and return missionaries. Do you think that these are things that um, most young adults would be learning at that stage in their life anyway? Like you were saying, like how to plan your day and stuff. Because, you know, 18, 19-year-olds, that's typically when you would get like a real job, you know, or go to college. And it's kind of like um, we would all learn it eventually through some great growing pains right yeah anyway yeah kind of like those those types of principles exactly yeah so you know that brings up a good point yes i think a lot of people learn it i don't know if they'll learn it well um (laughs) and and honestly the the things you learn on your mission can really propel your your learning curve and help you learn faster and and this is basically our cheat sheet for you like if you've ever had a test in college or high school or whatever when the teacher gives you a study guide it's way easier to understand the, the information that's actually important to study and, and, and not get lost in the weeds. Th- that's what this book is. There's so much you can learn, so much you can do, but you know, to really have a strong foundation, the, the things we teach in this book, whether it's planning or talking to strangers, creating rela- relationships, working with your companion, uh, or you know, continuing to be, yeah, working with members, continue to be converted, um, working on mental health. We even have a section on mental health in there. Um, all of it is just a way to build a foundation so you have a, a steeper learning curve. You're, mm-hmm. you're moving through it faster, and you don't have to have the same growing pains that we went through right. for, I mean, on our mission and the last, so basically the last four years trying to distill this into principles that could be applied easily. Yeah, my mission was very... Uh... By, like split up like the first year on mission was extremely difficult I felt like the growing pains to learn these like 10 principles that we break down in the book was extremely hard I wrote a letter back to my dad after my first year and I was like dad I want out like I, I literally I have a picture of my letter in the book <laughs> about me saying like I'm done like I hate this like I can't do this um and you know I, it, it was difficult like I really struggled for a while and then once I kind of hit that point of kind of mastering the basics, which are these 10 principles that we've broken down, it became so much fun. And I never had more fun in my entire life in the second half of my mission. And so we just want people to be able to skip or like, you know, speed up that, yeah. that, that first year of learning. Totally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you guys had a, a hard mission, like um, adjustment-wise. Yeah. yeah. Probably had huge culture shock, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the amount of stuff that was being shoved into your brains that you needed to <laughs> know to get by every day, right? The yeah. language, the lessons, how to get by in a foreign city, right? Yeah, And yeah. then every, yeah. every time there was a, a transfer, you're in a new place, new companion, right? It sounds like that, that would be a particularly hard mission. Not, not that they're not all hard. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely all hard. I I will say though, we, we had, you know, we had general authorities come that said, 
this is top five most complex missions in the world just because it's so diverse. It's a melting mm-hmm. pot for all of Asia. Um, but, you know, I, I think, and that's the beauty of it. I think that's that's why we pulled out these principles and, and everyone will go through that. I mean, you can go to, my, my dad served in Tennessee and, you know, you go to Backwoods, Tennessee, and it is a whole different world than if you're from California or Utah or New York or right. anywhere. I mean, it, no matter what, you're going to go and you're going to get hit by culture shock. So why not feel at least somewhat prepared, uh, feeling like you have the basics down so that you don't, you know, want to give up? <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So is there one of these principles that you feel like is the most important? I mean, for me, I feel like the first one is by far the most important, which is the only, is the main, so the book is more focused on like mental, emotional, social uh, aspects of missionary work, but the very first chapter is focused on spiritual, because like if you don't have a spiritual why for why you're on a mission, it makes it really difficult to be a powerful modern day missionary, Mm -hmm. because I mean, you know, a hundred years ago is the same idea. People had to, you know, leave and they had to have that same spiritual foundation today the mental emotional and social aspects are a little bit different and that's why i wrote the book but the very first chapter is focused on knowing why you believe and why you want to be on a mission so like the very we have challenges at the end of each of the 10 chapters with regards to the 10 principles that we find important and the the first one is find out your why so you don't have to go on your mission and tell people that to join the church because your mom says it's true yeah. <laughs> like literally there was we had lots of companions that went out and would be like I don't, you know, and it's okay, like, if you're at that point, you don't have a testimony, but you should do your best before you go out to know why you are there and why you believe the church is true. Otherwise, it's really hard to tell people, like, hey, Matt, join the church, you know? I think it's true, but my mom knows it's true, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You should join because she says it's true, and I'm here for her, which is a lot harder. You know, actually, that has long-term, lifelong implications. Because I know people who did go out, serve a full mission, who I don't know that they believe the whole entire time. Yeah. And then it's I miserable. can see, yeah, I can see the effects their whole life long after of like just that confusion or yeah. I don't know. No, but, totally. I mean, they sense have left the church and stuff, but there's like an anger to, I wasted Kinda, two yeah. years. So that is a really important thing to know before you go. Yeah. But what do you recommend that, um, we're sending out kids younger than ever right uh-huh. now, right? Like, what yeah. do you recommend that they do to figure that out? Yeah. I don't even know that I could tell somebody. I'm much older than you guys. I don't even know that I could, like, sit down with someone <laughs> and be like, this is what you need to do to figure out if you're going to go on a mission, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the beauty of the challenges that we have in this book is they help you experience missionary work. As you can see, you can help yourself understand, you know, what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what do I know, what do I not know, and kind of lay it out on the table. Um, and, and that will allow you to evaluate, you know, I would suggest, you know, everyone go on a mission because I think besides the spiritual growth you have, there will be things you learn that, um, you just honestly can't learn anywhere else or yeah. people wouldn't have the same experience in such a short time frame. But I think the beauty of the challenges are they're going to help you experience missionary work. And honestly, some of the most, you know, foundational pieces of my testimony have come through doing missionary work, through, through understanding the basics so well of faith and repentance and baptism um, and so, you know, living these, living the gospel, that's, you know, that's what Christ tells us to do. That's how you gain a testimony is you don't just, you know, just think about it, but you have real intent and, and going and acting, they, they show your real intent. And, you know, I think it'll help you gain an answer faster. So you don't have to have a knowledge that the, the church is true or any of that, but 
it just you need to have like a, it's really helpful to have a spark to know yeah. why for you you believe so it's true. So even if you don't know for sure, yeah, no, yeah, still no, go. I, I, yeah, I, you're I gonna mean, learn. <laughs> yeah, when I when I was preparing for my mission, I had read the Book of Mormon, um, and you know the answer I got was to serve a mission. It wasn't that the church was true, but you know I felt I should serve a mission. So I I got to the MTC, and that's when I really read the Book of Mormon again, and man things just ignited and that's when I truly felt like I got my answer that you know this is the true church um you know Joseph Smith was a prophet and so you know I I went taking a leap of faith and and there are a lot of other people I know uh general authorities that have shared uh messages in general conference about how they went and it wasn't until you know six months into their mission that you know something just finally hit them um, but honestly, to be the most powerful or the, have the easiest time, if, if you can gain that before your mission, then, you know, more power to you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you want to use that saying. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I was able to do that and it helped me a ton. So before I went on a mission, I went to MIT for school, for college, and I put in the basketball team there. And I share the story in the, in the, the first chapter, but basically I was having a really hard time because the basketball team wanted me to stay. And... I decided I really need to know if the church was true. And so I took a week and I read the Book of Mormon from start to finish in one week. And I felt the spirit really strongly and I felt like the church was true. And so that was it. It was very easy for me. And then from that point on, it was super easy. I became like one of those weird kids that like tries to give out Book of Mormons on airplanes and stuff. And uh, I don't know, it was just, it became very natural. Like missionary work, I was a very, I was an introverted kid, but I knew that the Book of Mormon was true and I needed knew everyone needed to have it. And so for me, it became more natural to at least be have a desire to share that and so it became easy for me to be at least want to be a missionary and decide to serve a mission Mm -hmm. I wasn't skilled at it but I was (laughs) definitely willing to try (laughs) and put myself out there because I was like a 17 year old kid I remember getting on the airplanes like book one like I'm gonna try and give up like I love this book and I like before that I was like that your normal kid I grew up and like went to Sunday school went to church like I was whatever like I played sports on Sundays like I wasn't that you know I wasn't like super like all more mini. I was just pretty normal, I'd say. And but after that, I was like, wow, like, like this is it. Like, the world needs to hear this, mm-hmm. and I was all in. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I know that's a that's a typical age for that to happen to some boys. Mm-hmm. Like getting ready for your mission. Yeah, like, well, you're, it was you're, the... you're, you're like close enough that you have to like really think about uh-huh. it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point of like the mission is it makes you really think about like is the church true? And it, mm-hmm. you know, it kicks you into action gear. For me, I was like, my basketball team was like, you got to stay, you got to play. And I was like, uh, like, I don't know, there's this mission thing. And I was like, I better figure out if this is true or not. Otherwise, my basketball team is going to be like, why are you going on a mission? Be like, oh, my mom told me to. <laughs> <laughs> and my coach is going to be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, that doesn't work. So. Well, I've I've heard all the reasons. My girlfriend, my mom. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, <laughs> everyone dad, has whatever. their thing. For and sure. that's yeah. why we. That's why I would say the first principle, even in the book, we say, you know, if you don't know this yet, you know, stop reading. Go read the Book of Mormon first, and <laughs> yeah. come back once you know, uh, yeah. and then read the next nine chapters after you yeah. figured figured out chapter one. You know, we call people and we you know in the book, you know, to stop now, figure it out, and then come back and talk with us. You know, metaphorically, come talk to us about you know now that you know you want to be a missionary. The next nine chapters are going to teach you how to do it well. Because mm-hmm. um, there's nothing in here that's going to convince them no. that they need to go on a mission. Just I mean, like once we, you've made yeah. that decision. Yeah, essentially. I mean, oh, maybe they'll read it and they'll think the stories are interesting. They'll feel the spirit when we talk about yeah. different general conference mm-hmm. talks. We have a lot of references to you know talks and, and preach my gospel and everything else in there. But 
you know, the only yeah. way you can know is the spirit. So exactly. Yeah, I think. I mean, the, the other point of this book is to help people have fun doing missionary totally. work. So it gives them the skills. So it's not necessarily convincing them to go, but it's convincing them that they can have fun. Because a lot of people look at a mission, they're like, oh, this is two years suck. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, man. But but we, we, we're living testaments that it doesn't have to be that way, that it mm-hmm. can really be, like, the most fun you've ever had. And, like, you'll just talk about it forever. And um, I think the, the challenges in the book, the 10 challenges, help, you know, the point of the book is not for us to convince you why Matt and Dakota think missionary work is fun. The point of the book is to help you figure out your own thesis statement of like, why is missionary work fun for you? And that's why we want you to engage in those challenges. And some of them are difficult and some of them are easy. Um, and you yeah. might, and each person is going to probably think different, different ones are difficult and different ones are easy and that's okay. Like everyone's different, but we know like if you do them, that you will have that thesis statement. You can find out why missionary work is fun for you. And it, it might be a process, but it'll happen. So tell me a little bit more about you two, where you're from. Let's start with you, Matt. Okay. Can I call you Matt? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, I've done, I've done Everyone whose name is Matthew life. gets called Matt, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's three like, less letters, so yeah. why not? Uh, so go ahead, go ahead and tell yeah, me about yeah. you first. Uh, so I was born in uh, Cottonwood Heights, Utah. It's just right outside of Salt Lake. Well, sorry, what? Cottonwood Heights, Oh, Cottonwood Heights. So basically <laughs> sandy area. Um, so I just graduated from the University of Utah. Uh, studying health policy, um, and later on I'll be going to Dallas, Texas to work in management consulting. Um, growing up, I had three older siblings. I'm the only one that served a mission. Um, I was the first grandkid on was the first grandkid on one side, the second grandkid on the other. So a lot of my family left the church and things like that. Um, so you know, for my family, missionary work was huge. My mom loved it. She was like, "Oh, if you could have stayed another year, I totally would have done it because this has been awesome. Like our family's grown, um, and that's why I think, you know, on a side note, where you know, calling home can be huge. Is missionaries can really influence their family through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough that it still worked, but uh, yeah. Um, right now, I work for the church. I work for the missionary department on their strategy team. So basically my whole life right now is just missionary work, missionary <laughs> yeah. work, and uh, some more missionary work. <laughs> yeah, so basically during eight hours during the day, I study how to help missionaries in the field. Then when I come home, I write a book about it. <laughs> um, and, and I'm married uh, to the most amazing woman ever. Uh, she's a speech therapist, and we have a lot of fun. We travel, and uh, yeah, missionary work's been huge in my life for the last about year especially, just working in the missionary department, it's been fascinating to see how the Lord is changing things and also um, just how much, how important he thinks it is for people to, to go on missions because it can help them grow and reach their potential. Uh, you know, not everyone has to serve and you can serve in different ways, service missions, proselyting missions, um, stake missions, they're all good and, and figuring that out for yourself is important um, because, you know, God... God isn't saying, if you don't go on a mission, you're not going to heaven. Like, everyone can go to heaven. But he is mm-hmm. saying, you know, I want you to reach your full potential, so let's figure out together what's right for you. Um, I played in, I play a lot of music. I was in a band for seven years. We almost dropped out of college. and I knew, I, I, Yeah, we, we played <laughs> with Imagine, really Dra- Imagine Dragons, Panic at the Disco, Blue October. Uh, we were getting huge, but, it, you know, it just didn't work out. Uh, I used to do brain surgery on monkeys. <laughs> um, I did visual That's research true. at the Morant Eye Center. Um, so I, I've had a lot of awesome experiences, but honestly, you know, I've always been pulled back to missionary work, so I'm passionate about it. I love it. Um, you know, always happy to help people that need help. So I mean, we there would not be a church if we didn't. Yeah, have exactly. Missionary work. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, we do breed a lot of new yeah. Mormons. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids are important. And that's important, honestly. It is. Yeah. That's a sense of mission. We're parenting for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's converting your children. It's good. You raise them. Yeah. But that's okay. me. That That's essentially me, yeah. at least right now, you know. Anyone that wants to know more about me, reach out. I'm happy to chat. <laughs> yeah. I've done a lot of cool things, and I've I been will very say blessed. he's the best co-author of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. You too. Yeah. No, it's been honestly the journey of writing this together has been a blast. You know, we were already such close friends, but the process has just brought us closer. We've realized more and more each other's strengths and weaknesses, and you know, it's you know, it's, it's like a lifelong companionship. You, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like marriage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you guys only served together for five months. Right? Yeah. Right? Well, we so it was interesting. It, it, it's a funny story. So, I was serving in uh, West Malaysia, and Dakota got transferred there. We served around each other for a couple months. Then, you know, we we had these books of remembrance. He writes in my book of remembrance, like, "Oh man, like it's been great to get to know you. It'd be cool if we could be companions one day." But <laughs> we speak different languages, so that'll never happen. So like three months go by and I'm serving in a different zone and Dakota gets transferred there and once again, you know, we're close friends, we hang out, you know, do things on P-Day, you know, have experiences, go on exchanges. Once again, you're like, oh, it'd be great if we can be companions. We get split up again. I thought Matt was the coolest. Thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <whatever>. <laughs> but, uh, and then, so Dakota gets a call, he's transferred to Singapore and just a few months later, I get the same call, and we're companions. So we served around each other for mm-hmm. a long time, but then finally, right towards the end of our missions, got to serve together. Right, um, about three, uh, we both had three months left after uh, we finished serving together. So it was kind of like that. That's where a lot of these ideas come from too. Is we had both reached the point where we were confident mm-hmm. and we had the skills down, and then we found these pieces and we trained hundreds of missionaries with these principles. Uh, for the over the span of five months and saw our mission change completely of how things were going and really a lot of people st- started started seeing a lot more success and then from there you know that's why we wrote the book because we felt like it was applicable everywhere now, just while we're we're on the topic of success you guys don't measure success by like numbers of no yeah yeah baptisms. it's on the back of our book yeah um success is about high numerical success it's about coming closer to christ so um I think that's really important. We have a whole section in the book about, you know, where is your faith really in? Is it in, like, baptismal success? Because Matt and I, we got together and we had all these principles down packed. We thought we were the best missionaries ever. (laughs) We were very prideful. And uh, we were humbled really quickly. We had the first, like, what, two and a half, three months of our companionship. We really struggled. We were teaching, like, a ton of investigators, but we'd have, like, eight different investigators at church every week. In other words, like, people were filing through and out. Like, they would mm-hmm. we'd teach them a couple lessons, mm-hmm. and they would bounce. They would leave. And it was super, super frustrating, and we had a, a come-to moment where we talked to our mission president. We're like, what are we doing wrong? Like, we feel like we're doing the best. We're, you know, we have all this faith, but we're just not seeing any success. And so for us at that point, we ended up having success, but it, it was a realization that, like, <clears throat> that our faith is not in like numerical success. Our faith is in the atonement of Christ and that that can change us. And the point of a mission is not to necessarily baptize a bunch of people. It's to change us and to serve others. Yeah. And I think when you find that, you know, you will be a part of that. That's the thing. No one really has baptisms. You got to be a part of someone's conversion and a baptism is a part of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why in one of the chapters we talk about, once you're a part of that person's conversion, it's not just, hey, I'll talk to you in 50 years. Like, 
you know, Dakota and I still reach out to all of the people. We were part of their conversion all the time, even four years later, and talk to all the people. You know, whether it was a member, an active member, a less active member, uh, uh, you know, someone that we taught and baptized. You know, you're, we're creating this this community of, of saints throughout the world. Um, and you know, if you live and, and do the right things and work hard, like you'll see the success that God wants you and knows that you need to see or knows that you need to do. And, and when you go home from your mission, you know, I'll pray and talk to God and say, you know, did I, am I doing what I should have done during your mission? Is this where I'm at? And, and you know, if, if you're doing what, exactly what he wants you to do, you'll feel good about it. If there's something to change, you'll change. And then, and then you'll see whatever success he wants you to see. So that's why success isn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a, a definite thing, but you can have success. Everyone can be successful missionaries, but everyone's success is different. And that's dependent on what God needs you to do. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good yeah. point. Okay, Dakota, tell me about you. Yeah, sure. So my name's. Wait, da- can I call you Dak? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick to Dakota. Um, Doesn't work I, quite the same yeah. as you. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Um, yeah. So my name's Dakota Pierce. I grew up in Thousand Oaks, California. It's a suburb of LA. Um, grew up there, lived there my whole life, then moved out to Boston uh, for school. I went to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Um, I was a big math guy growing up, so I ended up majoring in aerospace engineering, loved space, loved rockets, loved SpaceX, NASA, all that stuff. Wanted to be an astronaut, wanted to go to Mars. I think in my bio I talk about, you know, having my dream to be to bless the first sacrament on Mars. I thought that'd be way cool. <laughs> anyways, I was a big, big nerd, big space nerd growing up. Uh, so anyways, went to MIT. I played basketball too. Big, my dad was a huge sports guy, so we, all of the kids played basketball. I played basketball at MIT. Uh, we were pretty good, and then... I left on my mission to Singapore for two years, learned Mandarin, went back to MIT, um, continued with my aerospace degree, and I loved, I, I fell in love with the Chinese language. Another blessing of missionary work is uh, if you get a chance to learn a foreign language, it's great. And I, mm-hmm. and I loved, loved, loved speaking Mandarin. So I took some Mandarin class at MIT. I actually did an internship at NASA in uh, Southern California, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Super cool. I ended up teaching, I just, I ended up liking Mandarin more than engineering, and so I ended up teaching a Chinese class at NASA instead of doing, I just still did some engineering there too. Anyway, so I went but back. Why does, why does NASA need a, a they, Chinese they class? They just had it. I just started a class. I just loved it. I, like, I loved oh. my mission so much. I was like, I don't care about, I was like, I was working on the Mars 2020 rover at the time, which is like super cool, but I was like more drawn to teaching white people Chinese than I was to working on my project at the Mars 20, which doesn't make any sense, like, because you would think, like, anyone on their right mind would be like, oh, the Mars 2020 over, that's super cool, which it is, and it's going to Mars, but, uh, I don't know, I just love Chinese, so I went back to MIT, kind of rethought, you know, if I really like Chinese as much, I need to find something that I can do with China, and, uh, NASA doesn't do anything with China, obviously there's some big, uh, governmental restrictions i end up applying to the chinese i think the rovers are the only thing that aren't made in china (laughs) Uh, so i actually i actually applied to the chinese space agency like the chinese version of nasa and they 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 said yes actually but they said i had to switch my uh citizenship to china and Mm -hmm. i wasn't ready to give up my american citizenship so anyways long story short i i found a job with apple who does uh, manufacturing of their new products in china and that's what i do now so, um, yeah, I guess the blessings of a mission have, I mean, I still use my Mandarin every single day. Mm-hmm. Like even today talking, like this yeah. morning, talking to the factory in China where we make our products, like I use it every single day and people continue to ask me about my mission. Like, how'd you learn Chinese? And so it's an easy way for me to 
you know, introduce my mission. And when I interviewed at Apple, like they only, they were only interested in my uh, mission experiences. It's pretty funny. Like I get there, I have this resume with like NASA and MIT, these cool things. And I'm like expecting all these engineering questions. And they're like, it's like, how did you, how do you convince people in China, like, or in Asia to, you know, like hear the gospel? Like we need you to do that in the factory (laughs) and not about the gospel, but about their products. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool to like have that uh, mission experience apply to, you know, my job in this, you know, big corporate company making products in a foreign country. Yeah. So. My husband did tell me just recently that, like, serving a mission, there's a, so many aspects of it that are just, like, sales. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not 100%. to cheapen I mean, it at all. No, 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 really, no. Yeah. I mean, I that's... Mean, talking it, with people in, in general yeah, and just, yeah. like, sharing your ideas, there's... There's a lot of ways that like sales comes into all totally. of our everyday interactions. Totally. Well, I mean, it really, any company you are, at the end of the day, you have to sell something. Mm-hmm. So, and, and also, you know, to be, you know, in the in the mortal view, to be successful as a human being, you have to be good at managing relationships. Yeah. Because you know that's how you, you know, you develop relationships with your boss, and then you get a, you know, you get a pay raise, or you know, you do well, and you learn diligence, and you learn how to work hard. So the, the blessings of a mission, you know, the most important one is, you know, gaining a testimony additionally and strengthening it. But, man, I mean, I, I was planning on becoming a doctor, and I was <laughs> taking the MCAT, actually. Uh, I had finished all the prereqs. I was an anatomy TA. Uh, loved medicine, but I just, there were some principles of my mission that I loved, and it was kind of going in and helping people and moving areas and helping people. And that's actually what got me into management consulting. That's generally what the job is. You get hired by companies to come in and fix their problems and then you move on to the next company, the next industry and you're mm-hmm. learning and growing. Um, and, and it's that stretching that I loved, the fact that it, you just, you pushed yourself nonstop, you grew and that's what you get from a mission and, and you learn how to Definitely. do hard things. I mean, it's not easy getting told which, no hundreds is, of times. Yeah, which is something that's really hard <laughs> yeah. for people in this day and age. Totally. Like, it's so easy to be comfortable totally. and just like stay in your comfort zone. Yeah. But a mission really... Yeah. Yeah. really pushes people. So, you know, if you don't have a testimony now, uh, work on it, but also be cognizant that, you know, there's time to gain one and there's a lot of things you can learn on your mission that aren't directly tied that can change your life forever. Because it changed both of ours. I mean, we both essentially switched what we wanted to do because of the experiences yeah. we had on our mission. So, pretty cool. I'm kind of disappointed about the Mars thing. Gotta be <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. someday I'll go back. I mean, I, I figured, you know, I mean, I, yeah. He's young. He's How got time. How about we change your goal to teaching Chinese on, on Mars? Mars. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. With the first sacrament. Yeah. <laughs> Blessing it in Chinese. Yeah, yeah, there, there you go. go. <laughs> well, that would be awesome. Yeah. No, that's so true. Record that. I would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it our next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Send that out on General Conference. The hour after General Conference where they have like informational whatever videos like yeah. Dakota shooting up the Mars. worldwide report yeah world like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> first plus Mars report. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. have yeah. they done the Galaxy in like zero G yet oh I have no idea yeah. I, don't I don't think either, so yeah. that would be kind of cool too you could throw each other the bread yeah or even the water just yeah. that's yeah. an expensive Floating. sacrament though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> eventually they're trying to fly people to the SpaceX is trying to get it so everyday yeah. people can go fly to Space or whatever you could do it then. That's what kind of took me. Also took me away is space flight is becoming more private. And yeah, which is different. So cool, but also really terrifying to me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love space. Like I'm right there. Well, except for I've never worked at NASA, 
But like I, it's cool. I cool am stuff. so fascinated with all of that. But at the same time, like, I'm never going to space. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Too scary. Lots of, lots of <laughs> darkness up there. Yeah. Uh, no it's light. Really, really Absence cold. of light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Outside our comfort zones, you know. Gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. I. I'll. I'll stick with the radiation on Earth. And yeah, yeah. At that and <laughs> yeah. No, Earth is a good spot to be. Yeah. But it's it still is. got that goal out there maybe someday. You know? Yeah. See? Setting goals, making plans. <laughs> if I ever have the chance, probably take it. <laughs> yeah, I really want to watch other people go to space. Yeah, no, I think that's smart. <laughs> Risk their lives doing it. Yeah, the SpaceX stuff is awesome. The... Um, the rockets that yeah, are landing land themselves again. and well, that's a huge. I mean, it's just so geez. expensive to go to Mars and yeah. to the Moon and back, and just you know, how can you drive the cost down? But there's a new company out. It's called um, uh, Virgin Galactic. I think they do space flights now for two hundred fifty thousand dollars a seat. So if you want to go to space, oh, is that all? Two hundred fifty k. Yeah, nothing. Not a huge but, deal. And you get your for the average for American. K. It'd only be uh, five years of. Of all of their wages. <laughs> yeah. So you, if you don't spend money for five years and you're an average American, think, go have fun. I think you go to space for like 30 seconds. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's pretty expensive. You like barely leave the atmosphere. <laughs> don't quote me on that. You can look it up online. I don't remember exactly how long it is, but it's not too long. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's Virgin. Is it the Virgin Airlines guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, but yeah. Yeah, they're trying to make it affordable. Well, somewhat affordable. <laughs> Five years affordable. I mean, compared to like the billions of dollars it typically yeah, costs, that's exactly. pretty affordable. No, it is. It actually. Is. It is. No, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's cool. You guys are fun kids. <laughs> Thank you. It gives me hope for, for the future. You know, we get the millennials get a lot of flack and stuff, but... You guys are millennials. You're like, yeah, I you're am. right on the border. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I'm one year in millennial. <laughs> one year out, I wouldn't have made it. But I'm, yeah. I'm the last year you can be a millennial. And this book, it'll change millennials and Gen Z and the sleeping age or whatever they're called. I don't know. It'll change everyone. So. And you can use it in space too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reads well in space. Yeah, it does. <laughs> How to be a powerful modern day missionary in space. Yeah. You got to make a plan. That's going to get too. to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Do a revision. Yeah. <laughs> how, how to get to Mars. <laughs> Powerfully. I was in China when the thing broke out. Oh, were you? Broke out. Yeah, because our factories are like a five-hour drive from the Wuhan where it broke out. Mm. So they were, I was quarantined for a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, So it was a little scary. But yeah. It's like... yeah, coronavirus has been crazy. I mean, all the missionaries came home. If, you know, if you're listening and you're a missionary out there... Uh, you have 10 days, you can read this book, it's pretty short, and it'll change the future of your mission in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing what happens with the fallout of all of that, like how many of them will return. Yeah. Where will they return? How long will they stay? It'll be a slow stay? return process, but it'll happen. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's, yeah. Been, it's been a grow. It's, I feel like there's been some growing pains for the church with it. Um, but probably good growing pains people learn, you know, mm -hmm. like for Apple, everyone's working from homes and all these other companies. So trying to figure out how much you can really do virtually. And so it's for the church. I mean, they're doing Facebook pages and stuff. Yeah. Like the social media aspect has just exploded because missionaries don't have anything else to do. So it's yeah, in, a, in one way that, that has actually been good. For, I mean, pilot program for the church. Like if we just go hard on social media, this is what happens. It's like a free shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to watch, and it's been interesting to me how careful the church has been. Yeah, and they were early it. adopters of canceling everything, and well, um, not as early as California. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Palo Alto now has a law that you can't go outside without a mask. You can't walk outside, or they can arrest you. <laughs> so. Which is very different from Utah, I think. I, don't uh, know. I, just, yeah. I just flew. We're, I just flew in last night. If so you want to really go sure. eat at a restaurant right now, I'm sure there's some that are actually open. Yeah, like, you can like go in and California, sit down. you can't. Like I know, you cannot. They cannot. are taking this very seriously. Yeah, super seriously. <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah, but it was. It's interesting to me how the. Uh, I mean, the the church was just like. Nope, conference is done. It's fine. We'll figure it out. You know, yeah, it's, everything conference. was just like, we're ready for this. Yeah, they so. they took it in stride pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was impressed with how they handled everything. Um, with the virtual general conference and everything. I mean, there's no church right now. Yeah. Just in their homes. Assume it's the same in Utah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no church. Yeah. No, there's no secret church in Utah. <laughs> don't <Yeah>. worry. <laughs> I don't know. California is kind of secluded. I mean, just... Do our Zoom churches. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole world. <laughs> Everyone's doing Zoom church. Just making and sure. The missionaries are, you know, they're pushing on. They're, I, a lot of people are having success with Skype lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people searching for questions. They have all this extra time on their hands. Yeah, we have an Instagram account. It's called Modern Day Missionaries and a Facebook page called Modern Day Missionaries. And we had a, so if you're on, if you're on either of those platforms, go follow us. But we had a, a person hit us up. It's like, hey, I want to meet the missionaries on our page. So uh, we're living testaments that social media does work. (laughs) We started the page, and literally two days later, someone messaged us from Ireland and said, hey, I saw your page, and I've been trying to find the missionaries for, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints, and where can I find them? We sent her the link, and she's learning the lessons right now. So it was just like, you know, God, the, the nice thing is, is, you know, God can figure out how to do his work no matter where he needs to do it, and how we need to do it, and, you know, we get to take the opportunity to be a part of that process. Yeah. It was interesting when we did the Worldwide Fast, there was a Facebook page for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the responses on there were... amazing. Yeah, they were really amazing. Just so many (laughs) people of other faiths and stuff joining in. Hundreds of thousands. It was insane. (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. honestly shocked, but it was amazing. It was was cool to watch and be a part of. Yeah, I don't know how that group started, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Lady, yeah, know? it was. It was I her and her husband. Was, they yeah. just started it, and then it <laughs> exploded. <laughs> like I'm sure it was bigger than they ever thought was possible. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it still goes. People still mm-hmm. post in it. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah, people still post in it. They're talking about their faiths, and it's they built like a not a small community. They built a large community of faith throughout the world, which I think yeah. is. Yeah, I think it was actually really good as like a missionary effort totally. too just because I saw a lot of people asking questions yeah. oh yeah no for sure there was a ton of missionary opportunities that came yeah. out of that yeah yeah I mean the missionaries would sit there for six just comment years on people's and just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could comment on <laughs> everyone's <true>. posts <laughs> yeah hey I'm a missionary do you want to learn more about fasting I'm like ooh it's a good way to do it start mm-hmm. a conversation be so. part of a community yeah yeah yeah, I think it was good for members, too, lifelong members, yeah. or some of them even asking questions totally. about, you know, because it's been a scary time for people, Yeah. and um, especially at the beginning when we had no idea what yeah. was really going on, <laughs> yeah. you know? 
So there was a lot. Of, I saw a lot of members questioning things on there too, and then but people were very supportive and yeah. being pretty kind about it. And they should probably shut down the group now before, <laughs> before it gets, turns into a regular Facebook yeah, group. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's still happy. Yeah, happy yeah. and optimistic. Yeah. Leave people wanting more, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> End on top, you know. <laughs> yep. I like that. On a positive note. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, you guys, for visiting with me today. Um, their book again is called "How to Be a Powerful Modern Day Missionary," and "Have Fun Doing It" by Dakota Pierce and Matthew Spurrier. And you can get a copy of this book from cedarfort.com. Is it on Amazon? Yeah, just launched it is. On just launched on Amazon. Uh, uh, the ebook, right? Ebook and the pre-shipping. I think it's just yeah. They can they can pre-order it on Amazon cool. now, and I think the shipping is June second. June second is the ship out date. So after that, you can get it whenever you need on Amazon. But you can get it on Cedar Fort now. Yeah, you can get it now on cedarfort.com. Awesome. The paperback version. Um, so thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much.